Chapter 10 of Vayikra begins with the story of Nadav and Avihu, two sons of Aaron, who on the day of the eighth day, the day of the dedication of the Mishkan, uh, we are told in the very first uh, verse of chapter 10, Vayichu b'nei Aaron, Nadav Avihu ishmachtato, Vayinu b'hein eish, Vayasim o'e ketoret, so Aaron's sons, Nadav and Avihu, took his, each one took his fire pan, put in fire, put incense on it, ketoret, and offered it before God. Offered alien fire, Eish Zarah, which God had not enjoined upon them. So for some reason, Nadav and Avihu want to participate in this ceremony of dedication, and they want to participate by bringing incense. But God had not commanded them to do so. In fact, in the description of the dedication ceremonies, both in chapter 8 and chapter 9, there's no mention of ketorah altogether. No mention of the incense. So not that any of you do this, and the Torah says, Our fire came from before God and devoured them, consumed them. And they died before God, literally, uh, before God. They die in the Mishkan itself. The commentaries are divided as to how the Torah wants us to see Nadav and Avihu. One possibility is that Nadav and Avihu are represented as two priests who fundamentally are sinful. What precisely the sin is, is a good question. We know that right after Nadav and Avihu die, and their bodies are removed from the sacred place, in the uh, eighth verse, God speaks to Aaron, unusual that God speaks directly to Aaron, you and your children and those who come after you are not to drink any wine when you enter into the Olmoed, into the tent of meeting, lest you die. A rule for all time. So from this, some infer that perhaps Nadav and Avihu either entered into the sacred precincts when they were intoxicated, or something about their entering into the place which was wrong, which was sinful. The Torah, of course, does not say that explicitly at all. It says they brought foreign fire. But in any event, some want to interpret from the fact that the two parshiot, the two the set of verses are adjoining, that one, one informs the other. One might simply say along the same lines, that it's not a matter of technically doing something wrong. But one can say that simply, the dedication ceremony is focused on Aaron. Haron is the main player in the dedication ceremony on the eighth day. Reminiscent, for example, of what we have later in chapter 16 in the description of the service of Yom HaKippurim, which the Torah puts in terms of Aharon. Uh, it was a day in which Aaron is invested as high priest, fully invested, 
and the others have no place there and should not uh, assume a place. So the idea of the younger generation perhaps usurping the role of the older, the sons usurping the role of the father, perhaps that is part of what is wrong with what Nadav and Aviyu did. In truth, the Torah doesn't actually say that explicitly at all. It says something very different. They brought foreign fire, which they had not been commanded to do. And here, one can approach it in two different ways. One is to say that the very bringing of the foreign fire is sinful, and is the cause of their death. Or one can read it somewhat differently. One can read it, not that the foreign fire is sinful and the cause of their death, but rather, standing in God's presence is itself very dangerous, and one can survive the divine encounter in a number of ways, but one of them is if one has an appropriate proxy, an appropriate substitute for the person, then God takes the substitute and God spares the person. A good example of that would be, for example, the carbon Pesach, the Paschal sacrifice. The, the, the avenging or destroying angel will grow, will be present in the land of Egypt. And those houses that have blood on the doorposts, the mashchit, the destroying angel, will not enter the house. God will protect the house. God will hover above the house and prevent the destroying angel from entering the house. And one way to understand that is that the paschal sacrifice is above all a sacrifice. So God will, or the angel who represents God, instead of taking the person, will take the person's proxy. And the person's proxy is the sacrifice. And the house in which the sacrifice was brought, as evidenced by the blood on the doorpost, that house will be spared because the acceptance of the sacrifice will be in place of the person. So that's a way to read the story over here. It's not that the offering that they brought, the offering that they brought was not commanded, it was inappropriate. But that's not the direct cause of their death. The direct cause of their death is standing in the presence of God without an appropriate sacrifice, without an appropriate proxy. One is reminded in reading these verses in chapter 10 of a different set of verses that we encountered back in Sefer Shemot in the book of Exodus. In chapter 24 of the book of Exodus, after Moshe descends the mountain and Moshe reads to the people the laws, the laws of the covenant that he had been given on the mountain that the people had not heard. And the people said, we accept it. And Moses takes the blood of the sacrifice that he brings, half he throws on the altar, and half he throws on the people in chapter 24, in verse number 8, And Moshe said, This is the blood of the covenant which God has made with you concerning all of these things, all the rules and laws that I gave you. Torah then says, in verse number 9, Vayal Moshe Yisrael, that Moses, Aaron, Nadav and Avihu are singled out. Aaron's two sons, or two of his sons, together with 70 elders. Vayiru et Elohei Yisrael. They saw, literally, they perceived the God of Israel. V'tachat raglav sapir. Under, under God's feet, the likeness of a pavement of sapphire. Kietzem Hashemayim Latoah, like the very sky for purity. God did not raise God's hand against the leaders of the Israelites. 
presumably referring, among others, to Nadav and Avihu. to Elohim, they perceived God. Vayochu vayishtu, they ate and they drank. So the Torah says that in that particular case, even though they saw the God of Israel, whatever that means, but they're in close proximity, yet they survived the encounter. And they survived the encounter for one, possibly two reasons. One is that God has invited them. So they have an invitation. When God gives you an invitation, that protects you from, from the dangers of the, of, the, of the revelation. Possibly there's another reason. They saw God, they ate and they drank. Perhaps the eating and drinking is related to what it says above, that they brought sacrifices. They brought a karban shlamim. And they brought shlamim or sacrifices that are eaten. Perhaps the vayochu and vayishtu, perhaps they drank with the sacrifice, but perhaps vayochu vayishtu takes us back to the fact that there's a sacrifice here. The sacrifice is in lieu of, is in place of. In the case of Nadav and Avihu, their intentions may have been good. They want to be in God's presence. They want to participate in the day. But it's inappropriate. They don't have the appropriate protections necessary for the revelation. Later in the Torah, in chapter 16 of Vayikra, God speaks to, uh, God speaks to uh, Moshe. God says uh, to Moshe that Aaron should be careful uh, speak to your brother Aaron. He should not simply enter the holy places anytime he wishes. He must come with sacrifices, for I appear there in a cloud. And this takes place, as the Torah in chapter 16, verse 1, after the death of two of Aaron's sons, who died when they drew near to God. It's the drawing near itself. Perhaps their intentions were noble perhaps misguided, but noble. But they died because they didn't have the appropriate protections. They had a fire, but it was an Eish Zarah, a foreign fire. One that God had not commanded them to bring.